It's time to talk round 11. The dizzy highs of Hawthorne's triumph over Sydney were a distant memory as the team struggled against a perfectly adequate Port Adelaide side on Thursday night. It was uncomfortable to watch and we're going to unpack exactly what happened over the next hour or so. Hello, I'm Nick Mason and welcome to the most must-hear podcast for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. And joining me is a man for whom I've lovingly prepared this assortment of refreshing drinks and snacks. It would be a shame if they ended up dashed across the floor of the visitors' rooms. G'day, Tiz. How's it going? G'day, Nick. I've devoted a lot of time. You wouldn't want to selfishly throw them in the garbage or anything like that. It would just completely disrespect the time and effort I've put into trying to feed and refresh you before you go out and put on a gruelling half of football. I don't know. I'm pretty angry. Um, <laughs> feeling like I probably should throw them across the room. What are you angry about? Are you angry at yourself? Or? No, 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 no. No, no. Okay. I'm angry because all these other pricks are holding me back. That's... <laughs> so pretty much just passing the buck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. And if they didn't know already what I think of them, yeah. now they should. Well, I guess you've done it for the first 299 games. Why wouldn't you do it for the 300? Well, you know. Suck like a big, I've big been, baby, basically. I've been pointing and telling them where to go for years. <laughs> I nearly got St Kilda up in that grand final on my own. <laughs> <laughs> we are, of course, referring to Brendan Goddard's blow up in his 300th game, listeners, for anyone who's not up with it. Now, the Herald Sun reports... Walking into the rooms, Goddard took out his frustrations on a defenceless cup of lollies. Jelly babies. Jelly babies. That's almost infanticide. Wow. <laughs> well, you thought that was too strong? Yeah. I will say, before we before we move on from Brendan Goddard, there was intent, there was sufficient force, and the cup of lollies has been tested for concussion. That's three weeks, as far as I'm concerned. I tell you what. If uh, Heppel had his way, he'd be out for longer, I think. He would. He was that furious. That was a great look. <laughs> it, was, it was one of the all-time classic looks. And <laughs> we were talking about whether they should have cameras in the rooms. That's yeah. that's why. That's why. Yep, you want to capture that stuff. Now, if anyone hasn't seen this vision, do look it up. It's all over the net. I think the AFL probably has it on their website as well. Uh, of Brendan Goddard just you know spitting the dummy at halftime. <laughs> I think it was halftime, yeah. And Dyson yeah, Heppel's having none of it. Stares him down, greases him off. It's it's brilliant. It's classic BJ. Is that his nickname, BJ? Yeah. Look, I need to delay the recap a little further, which I don't mind because, frankly, who wants to talk about what happened Thursday night? Not me. But we're going to get into it. Before we do, though, a huge thank you to everyone that supported us uh, by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, which you can do now. Jump on iTunes, rate and review us. That'd be great. Uh, and to everyone who's followed us on Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. It's fantastic. We reached 100 stars on iTunes. That's uh, 25-star reviews. Do the math. That is brilliant. So thank you to everyone that's gotten on board. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's good. I enjoyed it. No one has ruined that record. You know what, Tears? I was expecting as soon as I tweet about it, yeah. some dickhead's going to jump on iTunes and give us a one-star review just to spite <laughs> us. And they're going to bury it for Collingwood or something like that. Because yeah. I, I, you might have noticed I do make a regular habit of going opposition teams these days yes. on Twitter. Yeah, you've yeah. noticed that? You okay with that? I've never run that past you. Um, I don't really care what the other teams do well, until enough. they win the premiership, but um, oh, that's, and that's whether attitude. they're against us. Yeah, but uh, I got to say, yep. you were very persistent in your twittering <laughs> on um, Thursday night. You stayed with it. Oh, yeah, I did. I did, mate. You yeah. were almost as persistent as Razor Ray was. <laughs> Trying to keep the spotlight, really. Yeah. Well, I, I would say I was more consistent than any of the umpires. <laughs> but, you know, that's my assessment of it. That was Thursday night against Port Adelaide. Look, you know your team's in trouble 
when the guys on Channel 7 commentary are trying to convince viewers to stick around. <laughs> Just, Hawthorne's coming back, we swear. We swear it's going to happen. Meanwhile, at halftime, I've switched it over to Go, and on Go, there's Mission Impossible. I'm like, I just flicked over from Mission Impossible. <laughs> I don't want to watch Tom Cruise do this. But no, I stuck it out for the fans. For you people listening out there, I, I hope you're grateful. You are, though. You did actually tweet in and say you very much enjoyed uh, having our company for the evening. That's well, how we got through it. We live tweeted the whole game. Well, I mean, they they were going off the record, uh, going off historical record, weren't they? Because uh, we conceded nine goals in 2015 when we ended up winning the premiership in the <laughs> first quarter over there. Yeah. So that, was that the plan? Hey. We're, oh well, obviously we're that's, just trying that's to replicate the blueprint. history. Yeah. That's the blueprint. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I thought we lost it at the selection table. Is that so? Well, it's we weren't. Cool. We weren't deep enough in the midfield, were we? And it was quite obvious for the entire night. Who would you have brought in? Maybe Will Langford. We're missing yeah. Lovell as well. He, he'd probably be getting a game now. Wouldn't hurt to have him for selection. I mean, obviously, you, you want a full list to choose from. Uh, that would have been nice. But no, we didn't make any changes in the midfield. So you thought that's where it was lost. And also, we looked too small in the back line. We didn't seem to have a matchup for Charlie Dixon, who's their key spearhead forward. Well, so. that, that was one of my problems. Um, on paper, I mean, for a while now, our back line has looked extremely vulnerable and it was really shown up this game. Gibson on Dixon, as you say, that was a disaster. Brand was really poor. He was mm. exposed. Obviously, as a young kid, it's going to happen event like sometimes. Um, the shining light was probably, oddly enough, Jaray. Yes, he, kept, he did play well. That was the expected matchup on Gray, and he did keep him quiet. It didn't really matter, though. It just it didn't matter. They were Everyone was panicked and poorly organized and outmatched, and just it was really hard to watch compared to the week before. Where but Patrick Ryder had the game of his life. That was He did, and um, annoyingly, so did Tumpus. Did you Tumpus, notice that? Oh, no, not really. Well, he kind of did. Tumpus is the noisy noise he makes when he kicks the ball i mean it never goes anywhere he looks like he's aiming it to <laughs> Mate, he had a great game what's remarkably an- ineffective what's annoying is amon went out of the side as a very very late change mm. they'd already announced that teams were unchanged yes. um and what wasn't that good was he i oh, didn't even notice yeah well, he did all right i mean it might have been oh, i'm not going to say it was a game changer but it doesn't help when your late in starts firing. That's a huge advantage to Port Adelaide to do that. And what was also annoying about that was um, the reason reason for Amon going out of the side, or at least uh, as far as Channel 7's commentary was concerned, was, oh, he's been struggling with a corky all week. Has he? Well, maybe don't name him then. Why is it a problem when it gets to the warm-up on field? Oh, yeah, he's really not going to be right tonight, we've decided. Oh, well, I don't buy that, and I don't think any action's going to be taken about this, but they should be sanctioned, Port. There should be a penalty for that. Uh, that would be remarkably strange. Um, wasn't the commentary like, Tumpus has been one of the worst AFL players ever? Uh, isn't it amazing that he's got a gig tonight? That's how I felt they were commentating on him. Well, this is why we should be commentating and not, you know, <laughs> who they had, which I, I think it was a combination of Bruce and Hamish. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, Bruce was okay. Bruce tried. I'll give him that. You know, he did really try and infuse life into oh, a yes. fairly I, I, lifeless game. I got um, very enthusiastic for the game when he had that 
We've only ever scored three points. That'll be uh, four points is our lowest at half time. Yeah. We've scored three points now. We've only got two minutes left. Yeah. Oh. When in doubt, at a stoppage, return to that stat. <laughs> You've got nothing else to add to the game except just break glass in, in case of emergency. That glass is in a million pieces on the floor about five times over the way they were going. But they were they were playing unbelievably slickly. And they oh. were just hitting their targets all the time and... Look, it wasn't so much that their goals were terribly easy. It's just that they were taking the opportunities in that first half. Look, here's the thing. Fortunately, as the scoreline stands, uh, 13-20-98 defeated Hawthorne, 7-5-47. Um, we heard from Carlo, one of our listeners, who tweeted, let's all be honest, quarter time, we're all thinking Port were kicking 150. It could have been a lot worse. And we also heard from Bill, who said, it wasn't our worst game all year. Against the Saints, the Suns and Geelong, we just gave up. At least we played this one out. Which I agree. I agree with. But let me say this. <laughs> this was not uh, an exhibition of uh, Harlem Globetrotters versus Washington Generals stature. You know, Port <laughs> had, a, as I said in the intro, a perfectly adequate game. This was nothing special or flashy by them, and they're not going to be premiers. You can you can quote me on that. You can come back to me on the Twitter feed at Hawk Talk Pod at the end of the year when they're when they're not premiers and say that I was right. They're not going to be premiers. I think this game is such an example of our very worst. We brought such a bad game to the table. So in that first quarter, Port Adelaide had 23 inside 50s to our five. We okay. matched them nine for nine in the second quarter. Still only scored three points. Yeah. At half time. And then it was 19 to five in the third quarter and 13 to seven in the last for a total of 64 to 26 inside 50s. Yeah, it's not great, is it? So <laughs> we got killed the whole night and yeah. yet Port Adelaide just didn't put it on the scoreboard. No, that's right. Um, I think it reflects really badly on Port Adelaide that this wasn't a total blowout. That they didn't even hit 100. No, they didn't. It's actually... That's what I'm saying. They're not going to win the flag based on that. They should have put us away easily. Easily. Much worse than they actually did in the end. It reflects badly on them. They weren't able to do so. I, I do think it's symptomatic of our game that the result went the way it did. Um, and part of the reason is, I mean, we talk about an undermanned defence... Uh, it's obviously missing a lot of players, and the players we did have got exposed very badly. But um, no system, Tiz. What happened? I mean, only a week ago, the same 22 players. We went in unchanged, so it's the same 22 players were praised for keeping for, for executing a keepings-off game against Sydney. Now, I know a lot of that came out of the media, and they might have overplayed it a bit. I understand that. But also, I think there's some, you know, credit where credit's due. That That is a pretty good read or analysis into that game against Sydney at the SCG. Against Port Adelaide, couldn't wait to turn it over. Had no idea what we were doing with the ball in that first quarter. And we went back to bombing it to a contest on half-back or bombing it to a contest on the wing. And if we couldn't compete in the air, which we couldn't, clearly, Mm -hmm. it just went straight back to Port. And either they scored uh, a behind or a goal... I mean, either way, it just it just went back to them so easily. And because of Ryder, as you say, is playing a great game, they dominated the midfield. So if they got it through for a goal, it just ends up in their forward 50 again from out the centre. Yeah, we, we really lacked large bodies, didn't we? Both in defence and up forward. Yeah. We didn't have targets, and we didn't have anyone to nullify or take an intercept mark, really. What is a fascinating stat is out of the 12 scoring shots we had... Mm. There were nine score involvements to one player. Is that right? 
And that one player was Captain Roughhead. Yeah. And you see how integral he is to the whole setup. Well, he's far from our and worst. Yet we're robbing night. our forward line a lot of the time to play him through the midfield. Uh, mate, this is this is exactly. I'm glad you brought that up because I don't know. I'm not singling out Roughhead as the answer, um, but I, I'm sick to death of our forward setup. Well, I think it's, you can single out Poppy and Gunston. Yeah, I absolutely do. But this is something, this is an issue where you can paper over the cracks and, uh, you know, you put a Band-Aid on it when we win. It's not as noticeable because when we win, yeah. everything's fine and everything worked well. It worked well enough to get the four points. You don't really think about it. But in our losses, it's immensely frustrating. And that was the case this uh, past Thursday night as well. I don't know what our forward setup is. Usually there, there seems to be no one. There's just no one there, and we have to run onto it. We have, you know, as a typically, like, not 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 so much typically, but we're a notably slow team trying to play this game where we slingshot it from our back half into a forward fifty. Where I don't know is is the plan to have poor yeah, pull, but, a, pull but a hamstring trying to run after it, or but what? we're trying to stifle the opposition in our back half because we don't have the defenders. Yeah, so we've got to we've got to clog it up. Really, I understand that, but this this stuff goes on even when we do have the players down there. When we have a, a, a you know more of a list to select from, this still happens occasionally. Mm. It, it really bothers me, and I look at what you know what other teams are doing. Nothing and nobody compared to the likes of you know, and not all these teams are successful. You can use your own standards for this, your own measure. But I look at Cameron, uh, Danaher, Jack Rewalt, uh, Buddy Hipwood, even. Eric Hipwood for the Lions is your stay-at-home forward and he's their target. It's not to say he's always going to get the ball. He's terribly athletic, though. Well, he is, but do you get my point? Not, I mean... Not really. What who, are you looking for? Okay. A Dunstall type or... Who's our target up forward, Tiz? That's my point. It's not so much that. It's it's a more get-out-of-jail. We can depend on them to take a mark or a, or at least nullify the situation who so is, that the ball doesn't come straight back. Who kicks, and our, that was who kicks our goals? And that was meant to be victory, but he's not doing that at the moment. <laughs> well, Rafford's never been a great pack mark. He's always been more of a lead mark. And, of course, McAvoy had, had his work cut out. You know? uh, so he really he's, did. He's been very good up the line for us, but we just can't seem to find space up the line for either Gunston or Poppy, and we can't seem to get anyone other than McAvoy taking a pack mark, apart from Tim O'Brien, who wasn't selected. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. I just, when you talk about Gunston and Poppy taking marks, these days I just imagine them, and I'm sure it happened a lot on on Thursday night, they're up on the wing. Yeah, so... They're nowhere near goal. That's right. Yeah, but... So they're they're meant to be link players up the wing, yeah. But then if they're the link players, who's at home? After that, even if we get the ball, Tiz... Even if we take that contested mark, that elusive contested mark yeah, that we can never seem to take. But that's how it's played now. You just you have to Is add. it how it's played? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you run into space. Not always. A certain well, look, if that is how it's played, Hawthorne doesn't play it well. I just Yeah, I don't think every team does what we're doing. I'd put okay, put it this way. Set said a different way. I don't think we use the same blueprint as the rest of the competition and we just can't execute it. I think we're trying to do something that makes no sense to me anymore. Well, okay, we're slow at the back, yep. so we can't push up because they just run over the back of us. Yep. Run out the back, get an easy goal. So we stay back, mm. which means that when we spread, 
there's a lot further to run when yeah. we have the ball, right? Yep. So we can't really have a one-out inside 50 target. Not even one. No, because what we're going to do is run into the space as we come forward. Yep. We don't have enough players to run and, and carry, really. So, hmm. or run and handball and then handball again and carry it that way. Is that solved by the selection issue? Would you bring in players to counteract that? Or or uh, do, do we just not have the list for that right now? I kind of feel like Poppy is access to requirements at the moment. Oh. <laughs> because... <laughs> Usually it's me saying this sort of stuff. Well, the pressure forward, we're not keeping it up there long enough. Well, do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I do. But, you know, I, I reckon people listening to this right now, they're thinking... Mate, it wasn't even going down there in the That's first right. and second quarter. That's right. So what use is Poppy? Well, well yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Because that's point. where he does his best work. And if yep. we're not able to contain it in the forward line, yep. then he, he's going to be starved of opportunities. Yeah. I tell you what, um, I don't think it wins us the game or changes the result or anything like that uh, very much. But, um, geez, it'd be lovely to see Rioli out there, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, see, he has the ability... Yeah, to win the ball at ground level and also take a mark, and yeah. of course everyone else gets a lesser opponent. I think we can make some excuses for the players. Okay, I felt that in the selections they should have refreshed the list, so we hmm. should have taken out a couple of players who played really well the week before or done a lot of work. Yeah, and replace them with some fresh legs, because Box Hill hadn't played that week. That's right. Yeah, so they could have come in with fresh legs and run out the game and we had a few players who looked like they weren't going to have any impact in the second half. Mm. I I thought it was very very tough ask to ask a younger team to Mm. over the course of seven days play two interstate games. Do you really think that makes that much of an impact? Are we really considering the idea of jet lag or not even jet lag but the the, the um, requirement and the demand of the game the week before oh, we, how many have we got under 30 games at the moment you know that kind of inexperience oh, yes. and, yeah. and the noise and the atmosphere of the Port Adelaide crowd yeah you know that's always said to be intimidatory I'm going to look at what our followers on Twitter weighed in with we heard from Nath who said you'd see two to three Port players chasing the same loose ball and not one hawk too many boys leaving it up to the next guy with Mitchell the exception do you reckon that's fair? I reckon, yeah, we, we our urgency yeah, I asked there. for a head count at one point because we just were Same. outnumbered at every contest. Same. I, not that I tweeted about it during our live tweet But we game. were just trying to stifle their forward options. It, it, we were trying to get it out there and they were just hanging around. It's like watching Oz kick where they tell you to put a ring around the outside 50 <laughs> so you can just <laughs> kick it back in if it's ever kicked out. Yeah, it did, yeah. I, I will agree. It did seem like they had more players on the ground at one point. No, I'm not asserting that they did. I'm <laughs> not making that claim. Just that's how badly we were playing. Uh, another follower, Ali, lamented that we had no cohesion, which I feel is true. Um, there was little to like about our game in terms oh, of that, team that effort. That improved in the second half. Oh, it did. But, but in mean, the first half, we were just so panicked. And uh, Peter thought we had three glaring deficiencies in particular. Strength in the on-ball division, as we've covered. Lack of height and strength in defence and outside run. I think we've checked those three boxes in our analysis of the game so far. So so we lost in every capacity of the game then? Oh, uh, we probably won in interchanges. <laughs> <laughs> what is interesting is that the source of our goals from kick-ins was pretty good. So we actually ran the length of the field three times Where are you pulling these stats from? That's such an obscure one. Well, they haven't printed in the paper, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So we had uh, three goals from kick-ins, which just means we ran coast to coast. I mean, they kicked 41 points from stoppages, and they kicked 57 points from turnovers. Oof. God, that hurts. Okay, listen to this. Okay, this one's going to blow my mind. Last week, we had an expected score of 65 against Sydney. An expected score? Yeah, so they... Again, where they, are you they work out stats? They work out where we're having the shots from and okay. the odds of us kicking it okay. as a histori- against historical data. Yep. Right? We scored 81. This week, we had an expected score of 48 and got 47. Right. But Port Adelaide had an expected score of 139 and got 98. Okay. So what I'm saying, there <laughs> I'm trying to work out what you're saying, is they were they were heavily inaccurate. How's this meant to make us feel better? <laughs> where was, as if this podcast where is, is designed where, as therapy for Hawthorne supporters. Whereas we went at a normal rate okay. in our scoring. All right. But the week before against Sydney, we were well above what we should have been. So we were playing above ourselves the week before. Oh yes. <laughs> Uh, this is uh this well, is a depressing two revelation. Two goals from outside it? fifty. Yeah, yeah. To, to win the game. Yeah. yeah. You need a bit of luck to go your way sometimes and it's exactly what we had. Well, we had it in the right in the right hands, didn't we? we had in the it right in hands, hands, in the right we moment. had it in Ruffhead's hands. Yep, that's right. Uh let's look at a couple of players that might be in the gun after after that. Thursday night performance. Uh, one we've touched on, Jack Gunston. Too, can you be too harsh? I yet? can be too harsh. Okay. I can be too harsh on Jack Gunston. He uh, is just invisible, basically. Well, is there a reason he's invisible, Nick? Is he being pushed out? Are you calling that it's a bit of a buddy situation? Where we uh, where we play around him because we know he's going to be leaving? Yeah, it's interesting. He is contracted, of course. When's he contracted till? I don't know, but it's, it, it extends into next year. Right. Okay. So we would have to agree to leave. Right. It's an interesting theory because, uh, as I touched upon, as I hinted at, we we have seen that before. Well, he had a preseason on the wing. Yeah. And it's not really working. He did not have an impact on Thursday night, and not for the first time this year. Uh, I've got a feeling uh, when he opened up his knee though, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I think he's, he's not playing right. through that pain. Could be right. But why? Why Poppy, would you do- Poppy had a similar Tears, injury. I mean, I don't want to think that because in this sort of year where we're not contenders, surely Hawthorne's not doing that to him. Surely not. Take Gunston out of the team if he's not right. We're not losing anything. We're, it's not like we're heading towards another flag. Clarkson has said that now, so we've got... Yeah, that was n- interesting. He oh, finally I, said it. I prefer it. I prefer it's on the table. Really? The sponsors won't be happy. <laughs> yeah, the sponsors and stakeholders and everything bloody hate it. But um, uh, And also this idea that uh, you know the media after the fact were reporting, oh, it's the end of an era. Guys, it was the end of an era, like round, round two three. or three. <laughs> like, this is old news. The, I mean, the, the no, annoying... there were glimmers of, uh, of some, something like our best. Well, that's the annoying thing, Tiz. Football gives you hope. Oh, okay. I'll put in a letter. No <laughs> more hope, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no hope today, thanks. No, but I just mean, we knew what this year was going to be in round three. And then we got off the canvas and we put up a fight and we won some games. But then, you know, eventually reality calls sometimes. It's like, no, you're going to be this team this year and you're going to have to put in some hard work before you get back up to the top of the ladder. I think we know where we're at now and, and I'm glad that Clarkson has conceded it. I didn't enjoy that press conference. So <laughs> no? No. Nah. 
Um, you're you're a bit critical of Clarko at times, aren't you? It's, this is not the first time you've been. Well, have you noticed that since Tracy Gowdry had a spit had a talk to him, he's been noticeably absent from the media and <laughs> no. also less combative. Is that so? In presses. Yeah. So, so you think someone's uh, had a word. Someone you, has you definitely think the boss had, had, a has had a word. Well, he did have that fracker with Robbo, didn't he? Yes, yes, and he then, did. And then, you know, he's, yeah, I will Robbo agree. keeps proving himself to be an absolute idiot. <laughs> we'll get to that. Don't worry about that. Um, no, I think you, I will agree with saying he's pulled his head in, but whether that is the cause, it's, it'd be interesting to know if there's anything behind that. Um, back, back to Gunston. Now, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Um, if you started following Hawthorne, like, this year... First of all, where the hell have you been? But second of all, you'd have no idea that Gunston was the club's leading goal kicker in back-to-back years. 2015-2016. So, I don't know what his role is, Tiz. That's part of my problem here. Is he playing with an injury? Is is that cutting down his performance, his output? Or what's his role? Because he seems to cover a lot of ground. You'll see him bob up all over the ground as if he's some sort of utility Mr. Fix-It type player. I, you know, touching on a point that I made before, I would love a stay-at-home forward if we could ever manage it. You're saying we can't. The game is different nowadays. Mm. But, uh, oh, God, I would love him to start kicking some goals for us because we know he can. What happens? What happened to Jack Gunston? The Jack Gunston who kicks goals. I'm not even sure it's his fault. I, don't, I just don't know. I don't have any answers for this. I'd love to hear from people at Hawk Talk Pod. People, I wonder if they're as frustrated with it as I am. I'm just going to let that go through to the keeper. <laughs> really? Well, you, you don't have anything to say about Jack got, Gunston. I think he's, they're trying to give him a different role now. and um, oh, It's failing, if, if that's the case. It's, it's, got, a, it's got a touch of the uh, Sicily down back about it. That happened again. <laughs> Mate, I was live tweeting it. <laughs> I saw him down back. I thought, well, that's a sign of the times. <laughs> Welcome back, James. <laughs> you enjoy your stay down back. That'll be fun for you. But come on. That's a confidence builder, isn't it? There were some highlights. Yeah, okay. Like, we apparently qualified as a charity at one point. <laughs> yeah. For our I first think, uh, two goals. I think Channel 7 had a word to the umpires. <laughs> like, guys, you're killing us here. You've got to give him something. Put him, put him directly in front of I goal was, twice. I was so offended. Oh, it was shocking, wasn't that it? That we got those. Oh, but, it was ridiculous. Um, I still applauded them. <laughs> oh, mate, we'll take anything at that point. Uh, the, the other guys who weren't so bad. Now, you said Brand had a shocker. Terribly well, exposed. He's, he's young, so that's going to happen. But he had eight intercepts. He was under pressure the whole night. When you when your whole team's playing that badly, you can really come in for the for the yeah, blame, well, can't you, as a backman? Well, uh, well, yeah, you can. But you know, you said you said he had eight intercepts. It's like catching a wave and there's a tsunami coming. Like it's it's easy when the ball's coming down there so much. You know, you, like what I'm saying is, if the ball gets in there enough, of course you're going to take some grabs. <laughs> I didn't say eight intercept marks. What'd you say? Just eight intercepts. <laughs> <laughs> well, excuse me. That's yeah. my mistake. Um you wanna go you wanna go some honorable mentions in, in what was not an honorable loss? Alright. So Tom Mitchell? Yeah, well of course. I mean he's a smoky for the brown low still. Burton somehow ridiculous. got five hundred meters gained. <laughs> 
which is just incredible. Bur- Burton is, you know, the cat's out of the bag with Burton, isn't it? Twenty you know, uncontested possessions. You know, the thing with Burton, Bruce, Bruce is on the bandwagon now. Oh, yeah. It's rolling along nicely. Now we've got Bruce McAvaney on board. Uh, so, I mean, we heard from Jared on Twitter, one of our followers. Thanks for getting on board, Jared. He said. Please, Hawthorne, turn this season into a positive by signing Burton for 10 years. He's an absolute star. And uh, everyone knows it. Everyone loves Ryan Burton at the moment. If you're a Hawthorne fan, he's one of the reasons you keep watching. What about Willsmore? Did he do that much? (laughs) I'd like his his effort to go and get the ball himself. I noticed that a few times. Is Is he a placeholder for Hartung? Is that the direct swap? If you if you're swapping out like for like in terms of the selection table, yeah, is that his role? Mm-hmm. So what would you do for for this week? Would you have Hartung back in the side? He didn't look too great for Box Hill. Okay. Like he had a lot of it, but mm. um, he loves doing that long kick to no one in particular. Well, he's got company there, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, fair enough. It works for Box Hill. <laughs> Just ask Langford. <laughs> Scrappy short well, kick to nowhere. Be, Langford will be straight back in because he played he very well. well. We'll get to Box Hill, but yeah, he did do very well. I'm a bit harsh on Langford. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Ty Vickery, what did you make of his game? He tried to have an impact and then had no disposals in the last quarter. So that's odd. Did he well, run the game out, or, or what happened I there? I really don't know. Um, we heard from, I believe it's Sarah, tweeted us and said, I thought Vickery did well too. He was the only forward that offered a target and made a contest all game. Wasn't perfect, but he had a go. Um, yeah, I, I think he did have a go. He did. He and did. He, he looked good in parts. Yeah, I would love him to nail some set shots. No, I would really enjoy that. Yeah, well, if he'd kicked that goal running inside 50... That was a bad one as well. We wouldn't have had to listen to that remarkably bad stat for the whole of half-time. Anyway. (laughs) As if it's all on him. James Cousins, for his second game. He could be something. I reckon he could be something. Another Cousins that wins a Brownlow? I don't know. He looked pretty good. (laughs) This is off off the back of his second game. Let's (laughs) hold tis to that quote, guys. I tell you what, I'm thinking about... Going out and getting the Brownlow predictor for Tom Mitchell. This is what I'm saying. Because he's the only bloke that's going to be polling for Hawthorne in a lot of games, apart this, from Burgoyne. And, this is and what Ruffy, I'm saying, maybe. mate. Mitchell is a dead set Brownlow smoky. Here's yeah. a good chance. We are a good chance. Yeah, even if this year, in a lot of fans' minds, is a write off and we're not going to be anything and oh, it's going to be just a chore to get through, by the end of the year, we could have the Rising Star winner and the Brownlow winner. And Tom Rockcliffe. Yeah. <laughs> and Dusty. And uh, Fife. <laughs> Yep. And who was that other one you wanted? I, look, okay, Prittus. I need to address this. I said Prittus. Like, oh. I made a joke that all four would sign with Hawthorne at the end of the year, and rather than people be good-humoured about it, everyone like, said, Prittus? What do we want him kidding. for? <laughs> I mean, guys, I'm not being serious. I mean, I'm a little bit about... He did have a shot against the Gold Coast Dusty. Suns that was just awful. I couldn't okay. believe how awful his boot was. Well, he's 31, isn't he? So I mean, he's is he that young? <laughs> Prentis is on the way out. So no, I wasn't really being serious about it, guys. Calm down. But you know, it's good to hear from you at Hawk Talk Pod. Prentis is thirty-two. <laughs> so okay, so he's thirty-two. All right, <laughs> mate. I, I got to admit, I wasn't. I wasn't really done with naming our worst players. Oh come on. No, people. People want us to address this. No, they don't. They do. We don't have any control. 
<laughs> what do you mean we don't have any control? All right. Well, who? let's not talk about who we're going to drop, but who we're going to bring in. No. <laughs> no, let me talk about this. I want to talk. I want. I need to say it. Otherwise, it's going to explode at some other point in the podcast. All right. All right. You need to let me get up on my I'd, soapbox. I think I'd rather hear you explode. No. <laughs> I think most people would. It's not going to happen, though. I need to talk about Josh Gibson. Okay. All right. Because thought he was great. You thought he was great. Mm-hmm. You are taking the piss. You Luke. must be. Was he terrible? No. Okay, well, look. He played worse against the Gold Coast Suns. Well, I mean, it's pretty hard to deny when we lost by 86 points that day. And that, I don't, and that I, was probably the worst game of the year. I think so. it's very hard to, to, to judge a bloke who's basically playing the Mark Graham role of the late 90s. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's yeah. That's I mean, a, that's you're a on the hiding angle. to nothing every week. He's yeah. got no chop out. Brand is still under twenty games. He's trying to tell everybody else where to be. Look, I heard from Mark who tweeted us, and then he's not what going a, to be dropped. What, Nick. No, one of They're our followers, Mark, him. tweeted at us. When is Gibson going to be dropped? Champion is prime, but played possibly his worst game ever on the weekend. Now we're debating whether it was the worst ever. I'm not sure it was. Like you, I'm not sure <laughs> it's not it was. A great debate to be having, to be quite honest. <laughs> it's not. Now look. He has become a whipping boy for us this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Port game was another example, though, in a long line of examples, where he just he wasn't up to scratch, Tiz. And some of that is, you know, the ensemble cast he has around him. But others, it's just him. I mean, we're talking field kicks under no pressure, not hitting the target, and, and just putting our other blokes under pressure immediately because yeah, of that. That was bad with Hodge. We would have heard about that. Oh, there, there was a, n- a number of these examples. This is what I'm talking about. People are sick and tired of his performances week after week. I, I know that's harsh. For the reasons you've listed, I know. There's this idea that injuries have left us no choice to keep, but to keep him in the side. You okay. want to see Heatherly? Well, I think it's it's worn thin, Tiz. It's, we're 11 rounds into the season and no change. Gibson has played 11 games. Yeah. I know that... He's important for for a myriad of reasons, but it's it, like time has to be up. Come on, how badly can you perform week after week? If your argument is that we should be looking at other veterans to drop, I I you know I kind of agree. You Look, know, it gets to the point there's no where you point, s- there's no point in dropping Gibbo. He's not going to find form or useful form in the VFL unless you're going to give him some time off. In which case, he just loses his touch. No. you got to keep the veterans playing. Mate, he's he's done. He's not... At, he's does, he doesn't bring enough value to the side anymore. And this is probably his last year. We're at round 11. You're going to have We've got to move on. You're going to have one key defender. I know it sounds bad. With more than 25 games experience, if you drop Gibbo. I know it sounds bad. It sounds Brisbane-like bad. <laughs> oh, come on. We're not there yet, are we? Well, we will be. <laughs> Un- under, a, under a Nick Mason Hawthorne, we're going to be at Brisbane level. Oh. Mate, it's, we're at round 11, and we've got, what, what does that make? 12 games left. Yep. Plenty and and, and he, he's probably gone. He's gone at the end of the year. Someone can take his spot. Someone who we're going to carry forward. It's time to start seeing if well, the Stratton people... will be back. Stratton will be back by then. Frawley should be back by then, but who knows? I mean, we might put the queue in the rack and just leave them and not bring them back into the side, in which case I wouldn't hate that either because the the season's over by then and he should start... You know, we've done well to play kids 
all season. I will say that. You know, the, the, the fact that we had Willsmore and Cousins in the side proves that. Why is Gibson one of the invincible ones? I don't... It's 11 games. I know I harp on about it, but 11 games. It's absurd. Because you need, you need leadership in the defence there. You don't think someone like Hodge being down there at all helps with that or... Yeah, but you need a leader on each line. Okay. So you got the full back line, half back line, centre line, half forward. But, but this this argument though, like, oh, well, you need leadership. Otherwise, who knows what could happen? We might lose. No, no, it's not about that. It's leadership to um to tell them where to be, to tell them what's acceptable. So kind and of what like on not. field coaching, basically. Yeah. Uh just, I mean, it, you know, if that's Gibson's role, he could, you know. So, Start leading by example if he's so going to... So Grant Birchall will probably come back in. Yep. Segler's still indefinite. Yeah. Jack Fitzpatrick, concussion. Yeah. Still to be confirmed. James Frawley with the turf toe, six weeks. Lovell's indefinite. O'Meara's indefinite. O'Rourke's still seven weeks. Uh, Cyril Rioli is still eight weeks. Ben Stratton, two to four with his bone bruising on his knee. Right, so, that was, you know, he's coming back a bit sooner than I thought, to be honest. In my head, I thought he was out for a lot longer. But I don't know how much it changes. I don't know. And we noticed Miles, who had some games early on in the, in the mm. year, was playing in the VFL. Yes, yes he was. And O'Brien, <laughs> although jumping a bit early, <laughs> a lot in the VFL game. Oh, it's quite funny, he'd go up. He'd jump above the pack about 30 seconds before the ball got there. Oh, good. Yeah. So he'd obviously... <laughs> so he slots back into the side? He'd lost some timing, but uh, he, he gained it. He, he got a bit closer to gaining it. Well, let's talk about Box Hill uh, and their result. It was uh, Port Melbourne, 15-18-108, drew with Box Hill, 16-12-108, which means still undefeated, your VFL ladder leaders, the mighty Box Hill Hawks. And what a finish. How sweet it is, Tiz. <laughs> <laughs> It was a really good finish. It was. They put um, it up online on Twitter. I couldn't watch it myself, but uh, when the game had finished, they put up that last few minutes online. I watched it. Well, Switzkowski was the best for us. Yeah, the we, best. We had, a few, yeah. we had a few people, sorry, just um, saying on Twitter, like, oh, can we play him? No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> not no, how he's that not AFL listed, no. <laughs> but uh, Langford, nice Langford was our best, um, probably, for the Hawthorne-listed players ahead of Sh- Sean Marcus and... Uh, and Stewart. Well, uh, I know Langford kicked three goals, is that right? And O'Brien did as well. So it's yeah. pretty good. And yeah, the leader named Langford, Stewart, and Schoenmakers in our best. Um, the, the Channel 7 commentary team declared it one of the best games they've ever called at that level, which is pretty high praise. And this is in a long series of games against Port Melbourne where apparently they've oh, all they're, been classic. They're always good games. Yep. Yeah. Apart, apart from grand finals. Yep. <laughs> we don't talk about those. Uh, one of our followers, Greg, tweeted, T.O.B. is an absolute must inclusion next week. I don't understand why he wasn't selected. Wasn't exactly a huge win last week against Sydney. So, do you reckon Tim O'Brien comes back? He's not the one I really want to see. I, I kind of want to see Connor Glass come in. Yeah, there's been a bit of a... There's been some rumblings about that on Twitter. Because he, uh, he had some great pressure acts, Connor Glass. Tell me about Connor Glass. I admittedly haven't seen much Box Hill. I've listened to a bit this year, but... What's what's his uh, what's his deal? Irishman, obviously. Yeah. So he's one of our international category B rookies. Okay, rolls uh, off the tongue. So we would have to uh, elevate him. Okay. And are we uh, able to do that? He's, 
Have we elevated anyone for Jack Fitzpatrick? Who's still p- um? So Jack Fitzpatrick got elevated, but we could we could drop him again. De-elevate yeah. him? Can we? Is that or, or well? I don't, I don't well, know. anyway, we'd have to elevate him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's 189 centimeters tall. He weighs 84. He's um and a backman, you say? Yes. Feel so like there's a position opening up for him. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's still pretty raw. Well, yeah, that's to be expected. Yeah. Mm. So he, he he needs to be told what to be doing when he's uh, when he's <laughs> okay. on the field of Point play. Made. Do you know Point what I mean? Made. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. Yeah. So he's uh, <laughs> yet to debut. He's from Candy Derry in Ireland. Oh, lovely place. Yeah, yeah. been there a lot. And um, <laughs> yeah, well, I'd like to see him get a go. But you know, he won't. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, why? Why not? What for the for the very reason that we need to elevate him? Is that what you're saying? Or uh, not only that, I just think he's too raw to be exposed at AFL level, and you don't really want to um, damage his confidence that way. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Who else do we bring into the side next week? Well, Langers comes in. Langers comes in. Fine O'Brien probably comes in. Yeah. I thought Pitnet was pretty good. Okay, you reckon we'll give him a go? Uh, I'd like to. Yeah, but it's all about matchups, and that's why I couldn't it understand. Um, Clarkson didn't seem to match up well his opponents on the weekend. Mm. He just sort of backed our players from the previous week to do it all again. Yeah, and I thought we were exposed markedly up against their forwards, but also in the midfield they ran mu- far too deep for us. You know, is it a symptom of thinking you're still going to be something this year? That he wasn't willing to like change anything. He just wanted to hold on to it and try and replicate some success. I've no idea. Yeah, it's hard to say, isn't it? But the fact that he came out after the match and I mean it's good that he has confidence in his players and his team, but yeah. it felt like it was just the wrong move. Yeah. Yeah. It was over, it was an overconfidence. Or um he didn't he didn't rate Port Adelaide as as highly as they played. And they did play out out of the box, like for that first half. That was incredible. Yeah, they're okay. I just thought we weren't much chop. It, 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 there's two sides to the coin, Tiz. I think it helped that we weren't on our game. Anyway, let's get to some uh, Twitter questions. We heard from Clinton, who said, uh, Lads, tell us why you are Hawthorne. Parents grew up in Hawkerland. Always great to hear why you are Hawthorne. Uh, who wants to go first? Do you want to? No, you do. Oh, you want me to go first? No, you want to go first. Okay, fair enough. Uh, it's pretty much just owed to my dad, uh, who who's, um, who's, has a strong background in Hawthorne fandom. And uh, that's a lot of people's story, isn't it? When they're growing up, their family usually influences them. I, I, I'm not sure. Of, I don't know that many people who you know took an interest in football just of their own accord and found their own team. It's usually as a product of the family having something to do with it. And, you know, my dad's side of the family was Hawthorne. Um, so that's what I grew up with. I just was going to Hawthorne games all the time. My dad would take me there with my brother, who's also a keen Hawthorne supporter. Um, and then the other side of my family was Essendon. Diehard oh, Essendon you fans. You saw the light. It was actually a case of seeing the light because I had a lot of pressure from uh, from my mum. And she'll deny this, that there was any <laughs> pressure at all. But there, there was a bit to actually support Essendon in effect to make my grandparents happy. They would have been pretty good when you were deciding too. They were. They were. To to the point where like, you know, sitting down watching the 2000 grand final, Essendon versus Melbourne, Mm. it was actually pretty good to watch Essendon absolutely destroy Melbourne. It was a good feeling. I'm like, oh, this team's all right. Yeah. 
And, um, you know, to the point of getting a signature, like I had a, I went to like a family day. I, I've got an autograph book somewhere with Blake Carousella's autograph in it. I'm losing a lot of cred amongst the Hawthorne supporters. I can already feel it in my bones. But, you know, the thing that, the thing about that was Hawthorne never, you know, that passion for the club never subsided. It was there from, you know, as long as I can remember, thanks to my dad. So even when I was, you know, tempted to the dark side you you could say like when Harford left for Carlton (laughs) yeah yeah just like that tis exactly the same um yeah when when, you know there was conflict there I had you know sort of two pots on the boil there was that Hawthorne one and the Essendon one and I, I remember quite definitively there was one game that really confirmed that there was no contest and that I was always going to be Hawthorne for life. It was a 2001 prelim, oh. uh, which we attended. We went to the, um, we sat up in the Ponsford stands uh, as a family, like me, my dad, and my brother. And it was, um, it was heartbreaking. It just really sucked. I, I just... Incredibly I, deflating. That, um, that confirmed that I'll always be Hawthorne. So, I mean, Essendon, it was like the pull of the dark side was there. But I went, no. Nah, there's no chance. I'm not. I'm not turning my back on something that's been in my life ever since I can remember, and especially not at that moment. And it was I a felt good choice. It was a good choice because it was uh, a good choice. Essendon haven't done a thing since. No, they haven't. They've gone backwards. But I will say, in 2003, 2004, um, not that I ever questioned it, but it did. <laughs> people laugh at this now, especially opposition supporters, because they play a tiny violin for me. But 2003, 2004, I did think. It is perfectly possible that I go through my entire life without seeing a Hawthorne Premiership. <laughs> Four Premierships later, I've seen all of them in person. Yeah. Uh, it feels pretty good. Yeah, I'm very, very happy Hawks, man. I, I regularly uh, still attend. No regrets? I, no, no regrets. Not, not thinking of supporting GWS? You haven't got your membership yet, so you can go to the grand final. I, uh, or, no. <laughs> Mate, I'll never understand. I'll never buy a membership for another club. It's... Even, you know, I could win the lottery. It still wouldn't happen because it feels like such a betrayal. I don't know. I know that's quite harsh and people can have their own rules for themselves, but I'll never do it. It's, you know, it's unfathomable to me now. You know, I recount that story of that conflict between like the Hawthorne supportership and, and, and <laughs> Essendon. That's something that really did happen in my life. But now as, as I record this and speak into the mic, uh, it's unfathomable to think that I went through that. It's very strange. Let's hear from you, mate. Go on. I've, I've my laid my soul bare. My memory would be my dad returning from the 89 grand final. Oh, and you've giving, already trumped my story. And giving me two balloons, <laughs> one brown and one gold. Yeah. And then watching them deflate over the series of months. Um, <clears throat> I got a bomber jacket. Okay. A Hawthorne bomber not, jacket. I was about to say, not so different to my story after all. <laughs> <laughs> a Hawthorne bomber jacket uh, by my great aunt and yep. uh, used to go out to Waverley Park in that. Yeah. Um, where I learnt that my grandmother could swear, which was pretty fantastic. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that would have been pretty early 90s. And ever since then, basically. Although I got pretty pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Having Dad talk about watching all these premierships, and here we were in '97, looking pretty damn awful. <laughs> the club almost folded the year before. Yeah, and we we only just managed to beat Melbourne. I was uh, uh, I was very night. I was very young at that time, um, so I, I do have memories of of 
like the mid nineties. And I had I could not understand how Hawthorne, having been so successful, could be in that position so yeah. quickly after. Yeah. Ninety one. You're a bit older than I am, so it'll be Well, I was still young at this point. Yeah, but I think you have more of an appreciation of that time than I than I did. And there um, began my hatred of the demons. <laughs> yeah, I often forget you do really dislike them. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you just reminded me. You just—it's funny when we talk about this. One stuff, of the best moments of of, of supporting Hawthorne was yeah. when we finally left Waverley and relocated to the G <laughs> yeah. with Ian Dicker having um, uh, settled our rent of Waverley for a hundred years for a dollar, which is just brilliant, yeah. excellent. You know, well done, Ian <laughs> Dicker. Um, as we talk about this stuff, you know, you spark some memories, and um, <laughs> as if, uh, it's as if like I now need to prove my credentials as a Hawthorne fan, having oh, gone no, through I my think history. You having had the choice? <laughs> See, it never <laughs> dawned on me that I had the choice. I remember when Hawthorne, like the final game at Waverley, mm. um, which I attended, and I, I saved some some turf against Sydney yeah. against Sydney. Yeah, and I've still got some turf somewhere, which is probably decomposed in a small tin somewhere it's literally still have it somewhere right so that's so you kept a sod yep <laughs> and um also i didn't attend this game sadly i sadly i can't say i attended this game but i have a very vivid memory of um being uh i, I lived in Glen waverley at the time and being up at the shops and my mum was out of the car and i stayed in the car listening to the radio she went into the shops i was listening to the radio and uh it was the great escape uh, Hawthorne. Uh, I was at that. There you go. I and I, Dad wanted to leave. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember listening to that at that moment. That car, very vivid memory. I was enthralled by it. Yeah. I, just, I could not believe what I was hearing. We were absolutely atrocious that day. Couldn't have been that bad. <laughs> not well, in the first not, half. It was not worse than St Kilda. It was incredible. Well, the first <laughs> half it was shocking. Well, fair and enough. And then we just got on a roll, and uh, Spider Everett did his nana and. It was incredible. He mm. ended up leaving the club on the back of that. And was it Stan Ells was still there at that point? And oh, maybe they just had. I've never seen such an implosion of a football team <laughs> all blaming each other on field during the match. It was incredible. Yeah, my, I believe my dad attended. That's one of the rare occasions where I wasn't with my dad at the footy. I don't know why I didn't go, but my dad to this day has a like a commemorative like memorabilia yeah. plaque of that of the Great Escape up in his office and. I mean, there you go. It was a like, good day. Yeah, well, clearly. Um, you know, these memories will come flooding back, I'm sure. Now that we're talking about it, I'm sure there's a lot, many more instances we could pull from the archive. I saw Dunstall kick 17 one day. When was that? I think it was against Richmond. That sounds about and right. there's absolutely no footage of it. <laughs> I've been looking for years. Um, and I just remember, I have a faint rec- re- recollection, and this is good that this is on the pod, because... Yeah. I seem to remember Dunstall having a kick for goal mm. and it bouncing in the square and Paul Hudson kicking it mid-air. Yeah. And the goal umpire called it touched. Yeah. And I never, ever got any any explanation as to how that could have been touched. <laughs> have you thought about this Either moment was, a lot in your life? Yeah. Or? It, would have been, it would have been 18 yeah. goals. Um, are you either... Kicked it after the line and it had been touched off the boot, or which it didn't look like it was, or or, or Dunstall got robbed. I mean, but it was a could, great day. We could go on. We about went behind. We went, used to go behind the goals at either end. You just get up and move to the other end of the ground <laughs> so you could see if you could catch it off Dunstall's boot. That was the great part of it. 
Oh, mate, I'm getting split away with nostalgia. I remember for Auskick, I played on Waverley Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I think from memory, I had to put on a St Kilda Guernsey. I was filthy. <laughs> this is this is before Essendon came into the frame as well. Wow. This is how I... I'm, I'm too preoccupied and self-conscious now with establishing establishing myself as a hawker. I do a bloody podcast every week. It's not enough <laughs> for you people. Come on. <laughs> No, nah, but uh, but also the other thing, um, Ben Dixon's winning goal against Carlton. Yeah, I remember going mental for that. Were I you there? there? Yeah, I was there that game. Yeah, that was a good game. I'll never forget that. I reckon I come back to that game. That the footage of the last few minutes. I reckon I come back to it maybe about twice a year. And the other really good moment, apart from the grand finals, but because I didn't see a grand final up until two thousand and eight. But at mm. the end of two thousand and seven, when Buddy beat. Adelaide off his own boot. Oh, yes. We need to talk about this. That was a big moment. Oh, boy. So, something the expectation for the following years after that moment was huge. Yeah. I think he lived up to it. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. I meant for the whole club. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, and I remember, you know, not that we're going to labour on this too long, the come down from that losing to North Melbourne was shocking. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> mate, maybe that's, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. The seed was planted. Maybe it's why I don't like them. Wow. I can't I'm, hate I'm working, them that much. Because I'm working they, through some stuff here, Tiz. I can't <laughs> hate them that much because I remember they beat Geelong a couple of years ago, which I loved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, got to enjoy that. Um, we need to talk about the 2007. Uh, like... That elimination final, something that's come up on this podcast is the idea of M10 being uh, the home of a very devoted supporter base uh, that, that was born from an online community called Hawk Headquarters. And um, at, at, MC, at the MCG, M10 is where we are uh, for our games, home and away. Uh, at Etihad Stadium, it's aisle 36. I can't remember. Something tells me, yeah, we would have been in aisle 36 that day as well. And... Yeah, I, I, this is like in in my formative years of getting involved with this community. So I'd only really started standing there. Previously, you know, my family would have like reserved seats and right. I'd sit with my dad and my brother and then eventually we migrated into standing room all these years ago. 2007, I just remember I almost fainted when Buddy kicked that goal. I just got way too carried away. And this is all like in about a five second period of time. I lost my shit yeah. and almost, I've never fainted before in my life. I almost lost consciousness. I became dizzy and I had to calm down. And I remember on the final siren, everyone just, of course, went bananas. And my lasting image of that is I turned around to see uh, a guy, Brett, who's over in the States now, but he's a passionate Hawk supporter and, and you know, one of the uh, long-time Hawk headquarters people, like one of the veterans of that community, so to speak, uh, I turned around to see him slumped against the back wall of Etihad Stadium, and he was in tears. He was just emotionally spent. He could not handle it. And I've been there since. I've been to that place. Footy is weird. It just means that much. It, but, you know, it, it didn't seem weird at the time. It seemed perfectly acceptable that someone would be reduced to tears by what they'd just seen. He didn't even seem happy. He was just a shattered <laughs> man. He'd been through a lot, but oh, oh wow. buddy kicking that guy, I'll never forget that either. What an, what a moment. I couldn't <laughs> believe it went through. Oh, we've seen plenty since. And those, <laughs> plenty just like it. Those goals against Essendon, that one in the prelim against Collingwood, which you know, <laughs> didn't, didn't end up affecting the result, but that was incredible. Um, 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of the best goal I've seen. Probably Burgoyne's goal against Geelong that against time. Against Geelong, yeah. Takes some beating. Such team play. Are, are we going to do this? Best goal we've seen? Yeah, why not? Oh, I don't know. Let's talk. It's <laughs> because there's been so many good grand final goals we've had. Like, not only... <laughs> this is the thing about Hawthorne. You know, in our three-peat, and, and also 2008, all four grand finals have had have really goals. great goals. Yeah. Like, really, moments you just hang on to as a supporter forever. They'll always stay with us. Um, but, you know what? I'm going to go the less traditional route. I'm going to steer clear of the obvious ones and go for a slightly, still obvious, but less obvious one. It's got to be either one of Lance Franklin's goals on, like, running down the wing, uh, Hooker being un- unable to, t- to run him down. Right. Um, I guess it's got to be the second one. To, I mean, to do it once... It was Actually, unbelievable. I've just thought of it. <laughs> the moment I thought Hawthorne might be winning a premiership, 2008, ball comes into Buddy, and all of a sudden Cyril's 10 metres Cyril's clear there. with the ball in his hands and he puts it through. It's interesting, isn't it? That that feeling of, you know, we, we speak from a privileged position having seen, you know, both of us four winning grand finals, and I assume all of yours are in person. Mm. Yeah, all of mine are in person too. It's interesting the moments that make you think... You're in the box seat, and the team's got it. That one's yours. For 2008, I would say mine was obviously in the same quarter. It was the tag team of Stewie Dew and Mark Williams to beat what ended up being four on two. That was incredible. That that will and determination to, to still win that contest again and again and again and get the ball out and Willow somehow hammering through a goal. But the odds were against them. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just thought something great's happening here. That was unbelievable to watch. Uh, you know, if, if you want to like re- rewind the tape, um, Rioli on the wing. Yeah. It yeah. felt like something was happening there when, when he won that holding the ball. I mean, uh, we could I talk. I still get angry about Selwood getting that free kick against Chance. But anyway. <laughs> we could talk about this all day. But one thing I want to add before we leave off um, is that's Cyril Rioli's debut year. Yeah. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's, that's probably the best debut year I've ever seen. Maybe the, the best one I'll ever see. Who knows? No, no. <clears throat> no, no. you're wrong. Reese Palmer had a much better debut year. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm never going to let that go. No, you shouldn't let it go. If I ever meet uh, Healy, I'm going to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's been told before. I'm sure he has. I'm sure he has. We've got to move on. Uh, <laughs> we we got a question from Greg as well uh, on our Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. Who do we persist with or let go? Gunston, Schoenmakers, Hartung, Langford, Jeray, Smith. Any of well, those? we've got no control over Shuey. That's right, yep. Uh, would you like to see any of the others leave the club, like strategically or nah, just... I don't really want to see anyone leave. What, what are you prepared to give up for Stephen May? Because uh, we've got to deal with Gold Coast again there if you want him. <laughs> That's going to go down They well. might take a mirror back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, today I was thinking, did they know all along? Did they... Was oh, this... no, they're medical. Uh, anyway. Um... <laughs> all right. Look, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that I assume we'll have a, at least a couple of players who retire at the end of the year, and that frees up some space. And so we've got a bit of money to play with there. That was a great little Twitter exchange, wasn't it? What's that? Hodgie writing to Gibbo on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I, 
I heard uh, if we both leave at the end of the season, there'll be a million dollars space in the salary cap. You must be on a shitload. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I must. I have no idea how what their contracts are worth, but yeah, that was hilarious. Um, also, Greg asks, it's a two-part question, who should be elevated from the VFL and given time in the seniors? Now, he's mentioned Glass, we've talked mm-hmm. about him. Maybe not ready yet, but he's also mentioned Morrison and uh, Heatherly as well, or others. Well, I think Heatherly, Heatherly definitely should. Do you reckon Heatherly gets a game this week? They've got Tom Lynch and Big Peter Wright. Yep, two-meter Peter. That's what they call him. Great nickname. It Who is. thought that up? <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. It's just, hang on, it's just no, you so can't, hard. You can't be so non-committal after having a go at the club well, at, the, at the top of the show for getting their selections wrong. Well, you must have some idea whether you want to see Headley play this week. The problem is that if you do play Headley, you're, you're going to lack run off the halfback flank. And if you're lacking run off the halfback flank, how on earth are you going to get it forward? So you're saying it... Because it, we're it, not going to win it up the line. So we're not going to take a mark up the line. It, it deepens so our issues we, yeah. from last week. It's just... It, it's all very, very hard at the moment. And the reason it's so hard is because we can't win a contested ball. Yeah. And even if Tom Mitchell does, um, getting it out to our players in space is harder again. You know what? I, I did say a number of weeks ago that, uh, you know... Let let O'Meara have the spotlight as long as he's uh, as long as he's injured. You know, we'll take Tom Mitchell and he'll be a star, and that'll be great. I think we kind of need O'Meara, to be honest. We we kind of do. It's, yeah, well, he'll he'll probably be back after the bye, won't he? Well, that's that's what we're told. Uh, he seems to think so as well. So I'm looking for. I like watching him. Oh, so do I. Yeah, absolutely. So I, do I. I think he'll be a star. I'm not too concerned. We have run a long time in this episode, so let's get a move yeah, on. because we and, started uh, doing nostalgia. Yeah, we should, well, we, we'll get carried away again someday, I know, when we reintroduce the nostalgia segment. <laughs> Let us know if you enjoyed that, Hawks fans. We want to hear your stories too, at Hawk Talk Pod. Uh, now, we're going to move on to award season. It's the inaugural Social Media Stupidity Award. Gee, what, what could this be about? What's happened this week on social media that's been just ridiculous? Well, it's actually a tie, it is. We've had dual winners for the first time. It's a tie between Nobbo, otherwise known as Mark Robinson, and the social media gurus at the AFL. Now, obviously with Mark Robinson, I'm referring to the tweet about Alex Fasolo. Did you keep up with this story? Well, Robbo, I mean, he just keeps plumbing new depths. Basically, yeah. He seems, for anyone who isn't up with this, he basically implied via the medium of tweet um that alex Fasolo, who's battling depression right now he's taken time off to deal with it um mark robinson seemed to imply that he might have been disingenuous about his condition because he popped up at training and was having a kick with the boys and tweeted about that with a photo saying good drugs clinical depression on tuesday training thursday but didn't they announce that he was going to be continuing training anyway doesn't matter if they announced it or not right it's none of mark robinson's business if he wants to have a kick of the footy, then he can have a kick of the footy and people should stay out of it. <laughs> it's, it's, his, it's his condition to manage. Yeah. Well, so, I heard a rumour that Fasolo's going to West Coast next year. Is that right? Did that, when did that come out? Did that uh, come out this week on, as well? On Twitter. You know. On Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you tweet it? No. <laughs> of course, everything on Twitter's to be believed. Has it ever been wrong? Should we ask the AFL trade whisperer? <laughs> oh, he's back. He is back. I've noticed... He'd, he'd like to think he's back. 
Well, he never outed himself. And then, of course, he's not going to out yeah, himself. Anyway, I don't want to give this too much oxygen, but let me ask you this: Has he been right about much? Do you, no, can, can you say definitively he's been right about? Are anything? you saying he's Robbo? I'm not, <laughs> hey, mate, pl- <laughs> plenty of people in the media as wrong as Robbo. Does not, <laughs> it's not just a one horse race. Uh, look, I, all I'm saying is. Um, I don't think anyone is fact-checking the AFL trade whisperer. Like he, he'll 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 have a ton of uh, observations and predictions. He might get one right mm. and you know blow his own trumpet about it, right. but no one will ever revisit the tons that he got wrong or inaccurate. I want to know who or she not to be sexist. Oh, wow, I want to <laughs> know who you want to come to Hawthorne at the end of the year under free agency. Oh, I don't know. I Not don't, restricted free agency because we oh, don't mate, have I much don't have, to play with. I don't have those those names off the top of my head. Do you Rattle want off some names? Do you me. want Rockcliffe or not? I don't know. It's so hard for me to know because as long as he's been at Brisbane, who have been a shitty club, it's really hard for me to view him as a good player. I guess because he's been really good for them. Mm. But inside, I, I guess inside mid. Well, yeah. Well, that's what we need. So yeah, I guess so. Twenty eight though. Yeah, well, what's that? We get another four or five years out of him? Given his injury record, maybe. Well, what's your stance then? You're, you seem to be leaning towards yeah, I no. Want I want <laughs> okay, right. So you make me look like a fool and then you double back on it and say, yeah, we'll take Rockcliffe. Yeah, sure. All right, well, so that's that's the first award winner. And obviously this is a shared award. And uh, the other half of it goes to the AFL. Uh, in the lead-up to the game between Geelong and Adelaide, they tweeted a three-second clip of Eddie Betts walking from one room into another room. Why? Well, why indeed? He didn't say anything. He <laughs> didn't do anything. He was just... I don't think it was even change rooms. It just it just was walking. Three seconds. Right. And they said, Eddie Betts... Like, the caption was something like, Eddie Betts is ready for tonight's game. It's like, well... He should be. I mean, <laughs> the, what is this social media content? It's rubbish. Um, you, and you know what? The, I mean, the biggest insult is that it just because it's Eddie Betts, that's the only reason it's there. And I dare say, Cyril Rioli still would have done it better. Jeez. <laughs> oh, is that oh, too petty? We're not inviting this bloody... Is that, is that too petty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, people keep telling us how Cyril's nothing. I mean, it's unbelievable to just... No, he's the, he's the worst Norm Smith winner I saw in him, history. I saw him beat Frio in the last quarter off his own boot at the MCG a few weeks uh, years ago. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. It's fantastic. Incredible. Was that the one with our massive team goal with Spanger at the start? I think so. Yeah, or, that's one of the great goals. I think as well. Jordan Lyle was playing as well. Is that right? Yeah. Did he sneak in a game? Oh, he did. He he has the worst um, shot accuracy record. <laughs> it the must n- be close to be. The, the nostalgia's taken a dark turn. Anyway. All right, we move on to the Anti-Fantasy League. Uh, last week, Tiz, you are pretty proud of yourself. Oh, we're in the buys, Nick. Did you? How many did you field? I, I did well, actually, because we got three trades this week. Did you notice that? Yes. Yeah, we got a few more. So I was able to field close, close to yours. a full team. Okay. You better have beaten mine. Well, I don't know about that. But I just know you you know, you chest puffed out last week. You're very proud of yourself because you said you had a player who had such a low score it was unlikely that I'd ever beat it yep. on an individual basis. 
Now, I pointed out that's because the player you were referring to got injured in the first quarter of the game. First minutes. First minutes of the game. So who was it again? Do you know who it was? Jake Lloyd. Yeah, Jake Lloyd. That's right, for Sydney. Now, my team this week features a player who has put in one of the worst ranked performances you'll ever see. That's going by AFL Fantasy Is it points. minus? It's not. A, can you get a minus? Oh, yeah. Really? You give away enough free kicks. Like, I imagine oh, if well, they'd yeah, had it, Trent sense. Crowe would have done a lot of minus scores. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't a minus, but I will say this. They weren't injured, okay? In fact, they got 93% game time. Yeah, that's right. Your eyes bugged out a bit there. 93% game time. They had two disposals running at 50% efficiency. Which game so really, in? only one disposal. Is this a hawker? <laughs> if, <laughs> without checking your stat sheet, name who you think it is. No. No, nah, go on. Is who it one of it us? Is? Who do you think it is? Oh, um, Gunston. Oh, geez, you don't think much of Gunson. No, nah, it's not one of our Hawks players. <laughs> <laughs> Goes through you under the oh, bus there. Oh, damn. Okay, he so... He was our lowest scorer for the night, though. So, this is nine AFL fantasy points, having played 93% of the game. Give me the game. Adelaide Geelong. Oh, um, oh it's uh, Buse. Is it Buse? Defender oh. for the Adelaide Crows. Damn. And this isn't a losing side. He was a, he was a defender in, in, in a game that Geelong, as as I have it, comprehensively won. Mm-hmm. So probably should have seen the ball. Probably should have had more of an impact than two disposals and nine fantasy I'm points. I'm just trying to think of his name. Daniel Talia. Oh, my God. We salute you. Daniel Talia. He will take some beating this year. Nine fantasy points. That's incredible. 93% game time. He must have given up some free kicks. I don't know what happened, mate. I have no idea what happened, but Daniel Talia, two two touches for a whole for almost a whole game of footy, unbelievable. Now I dare say that's better than Jake Lloyd being injured in the first few minutes, because the record to beat is two, isn't it? Jake Lloyd scored two points, I think, two of AFL fantasy points. But of course he did. He didn't play most of the match. Are you, are this gonna, is much are you, better. Are you going to give me on a points per minute basis? <laughs> you have one. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. Fair enough. <laughs> you concede that. Um, what did you get as your total? All right, let me let me run through it. All right. Uh, so I've brought up my team. Maybe I was able to field a few less than I hoped. <laughs> it seemed. I thought I did well, but did you get four figures or three? I got four figures. Okay. Okay. One thousand one hundred thirty-one. It's one of my lowest. I got sixteen forty-eight. Okay. All right. So. Yeah, you're getting close. Bridging the gap unintentionally. Uh, so Daniel Talia, obviously, with nine points, was my LVP. Uh, easily. Such a long margin. Lewis Jetta, for whatever reason, is starting to to get a game again. Yeah. So he got 74, which shat me. Murdoch for the, for Geelong got 72. Mason Wood got 52. He was, he was a good one. Mason, Wood's, Mason Wood is quite handy for my purposes, actually. He's one of the worst. Um... <laughs> Connor McKenna was one of my new recruits, got 66. Uh, Phil Davis for GWS has been a good pickup as well, 56. He's very average this year. So. Well, uh, I had Dustin Martin in his uh, <laughs> job interview game. <laughs> yeah, right. And he got 328 for me. How do you feel about him playing at North that Dusty was so next stupid. year? <laughs> well, it shows the importance of punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right, mate. Well, look, we've got to finish up well, with the Well, we've got to rant. do the preview. 
Oh, yeah, basically the rant, the preview, whatever you want to so, call it. We've run long, so let's get stuck in. How are we going to go against Gold Coast? I would hope that we win. It can't get too much worse than last well, last they, week. They just beat West Coast. I mean, even if, look, even if we lose, we're not really expecting three points to half-time bad, are we? It's Something's no, going to change. No, that's true. Um, I expect there'll be some changes at the selection table. Um I don't necessarily know, just because they're quite new. I don't know if Willsmore and Cousins stay in. Well, we get a um, bit of a break on them. Yeah, yeah, we do. They've got um, to travel. We're at home. Yep. Yeah. No. I, look, I back us in more than I did prior to last week. Like, I, I feel I. I'm I'm, in, I'm eager to go. I'll be there. Oh, I'll be there. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think if anything's come across, like we're both pretty diehard supporters. So, <laughs> even if we know what's coming, we tend to turn up anyway. Um, but that said, no, I think we're a good shot to win. Um, I don't think it's going to be an 86-point loss like it was earlier in the year. but um, Do you think Sean Marcus will come in? Yeah, maybe. Um, Sean Makers? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm at that point, I might have said it last week, where I, I care a bit less about who plays. The result and more about... Yeah, yeah. When I, when I say I care about, uh, don't care about who plays, I just mean... You know, Sean Makers comes into the side, and I'm like... You're yeah. looking for short-term pain for long-term gain. Yeah, basically. So if, if Ryan comes into the side, first-name basis, close mm. BFFs... Yeah, of course. Um, Even though I've been critical of him for years. Yeah, um, you hated his haircut. <laughs> it, look, if he comes in, well, fair enough. Let's see. Let's see what he can do. Um, And indeed, whether he might have a future at Hawthorne. Um. Because there are some that's effectively that's what we should be trying to find out who's going to be with us uh, going into next year and beyond. Um, and as long as we have that as the focus, which Clarkson seems to be committed to now, thank God, uh, then I'm fine. I'm fine with it. And to that end, I wouldn't mind seeing Heatherly coming in. Um, the stuff I am against is the is you know people who frequently underperform still being in the side. That's what annoys me. Fair enough. I, I like to see players being given a chance right now. And if I see that, I'm happy. It's why I liked Willsmore and Cousins having a second game against Port. Do you think I, they'll get the nod again? No, I think they'll slip out of the side. Okay. Um, but again, would not mind if they stayed in. That's fine. Yeah, I, I would keep them in. I don't see much benefit in dropping them at the moment. What about Stuart? Does Stuart get a look in? I suppose he does, but I wasn't very impressed with his work on the weekend. Well, he wasn't the best, according to... The media, yeah. what would they know, I guess? I'd, well, he was playing in the midfield and he didn't seem to have much impact for mine, but he was definitely in a lot of contests. Well, we await to see what happens on uh, when will our team be picked? Thursday night. Hmm. We'll uh, we'll have an update on Twitter for you then, at Hawk Talk Pod. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes as well. It's a big help. Every little bit of encouragement helps. So if you can give us the five stars, send us over the top to 21. 21 five-star ratings would be fantastic. But of course, we can't leave you without a little pro-wrestling-style promo on Gold Coast. Not a lot of data to go on. No, especially when you've already done one earlier in the year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's pretty... Oh, wow. It's uh, bottom-of-the-barrel stuff, Did you go with my nickname Gablet at all? (laughs) Gablet. Did you send that through? I must have missed it. (laughs) No. At least that's my excuse. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last time, Gold Coast, you surprised the footy world and got the four points on your home turf. But this weekend at the MCG, it's our turn. And we're going to expose you as one-hit wonders. The alien ant farm of the AFL. But hey, since we're talking music, remember that time Snoop Dogg visited your club and you so generously gave him a home Guernsey? 
It only proved what we've always thought, Suns fans. You've got to be smoking some strong shit to want to have anything to do with your <laughs> terrible club. It would go a long way towards explaining your team's performances over the past few years anyway. And as for this weekend, you've just had a huge high beating the Eagles. So prepare for the worst come down, courtesy of a team that's at their brutal best when they're angry, the Mighty Hawks. We're going to lynch Tom Lynch, make Saad look sad and run rings around Rosa. And Rodney Eade, don't think I've forgotten about you, Rodney. I guarantee, just like the pre-match massage you got in the Northern Territory, there ain't going to be a happy ending. How awful. That was a terrible visual. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't count on that, actually. I didn't think I'd inflict that on listeners. That's exactly what I did. Dear, oh dear. Well, that's the end of our podcast. <laughs> Forever. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look. If it helps, if you need to get your mind onto something else, just plug into Google Images, Rodney Eade Fish. You'll see him standing there <laughs> hugging a wet fish, like that Like that fish is an unrestricted free agent for the Gold Coast. <laughs> it's one of the all-time great photos, How really. did that occur? I have no idea. He looks so annoyed to be there as well. <laughs> I don't know what it's for. I have no idea. I have so many questions about that shot. I'm pretty sure I've tweeted it. Yes, yeah, you did. Won't stop me tweeting it again. <laughs> right, that's going to be it What's for us. What's your prediction? Do you think what we'll is, do yeah, all right? What is the prediction? Yeah, look, I, I think we can win. I think we'll win. Yeah, I think we're a good shot. Mm. Uh, that said, not at all surprised if we lose. And to that end, I'm going to try not to be too annoyed if we lose. Um I'd prefer we lose with a young side, trying and experimenting and doing things. I think that's the only caveat I have. If we're going to lose, uh, try something different. I don't want to see the same bullshit I saw on Thursday night. That will make me angry. Otherwise, I'm feeling pretty good about this game. I think we should play Gibbo up forward. What do you reckon, Nick? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I did. I walked straight into that, didn't I? I said we should experiment. (laughs) And, well... Now I've got no choice. I'm a man of my word. <laughs> yep. Throw Gibbo forward. Why not? Let, Let him punch it through. Let's <laughs> <laughs> Mate, if Stephen May's any good, I guess we'll find out, won't we? Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Well, he's got his own job interview this week. <laughs> That's right. Well, look, whatever happens, if it's a win or a job interview, we look forward to it. <laughs> we are a happy team at Hawthorne.